church has come uh, for that this morning. So uh, this morning we've been uh, aiming at this for a while, uh, but uh, we are finally in this opening quarter of the year in 2020 uh, where we're looking, uh, looking to study the Gospel of John. Okay, And I'm excited about that. I'm very, uh, very much glad that we're getting to finally jump into this study that we've kind of been aiming for, I've been aiming towards uh, for a while in my, my own study, and I am so excited to talk about what Jesus, uh, the, the Jesus that is proclaimed in the Gospel of John, because it is a life-changing word. That, this story uh, that's contained in these short uh, 21 chapters is an incredible uh, moment in the history of humanity. It's the definitive moment in all of the story of what God is at work doing in the world. And it has the power. This story, no kidding, all right? It has the absolute power to change our lives. To take us uh, from places where we are in darkness and feel confused and uh, feel lost, are lost, uh, to uh, coming into a different way of living in the world. This story that John tells about the Jesus that he knew and loved has the power to make everything new. It's an incredible story, and we're going to be talking about it here in the sermon space, and then we're also going to be working through it in our classes. Our classes uh, uh, start right after worship, if you're new around here. And we would love for you to jump in. Today is a great day. If you've not been a part of a class for a while, or used to be, and kind of have moved off from that, this is a great day to start uh, back into the classes. John. 
the broken, whoa, that was loud. That was in bold in the sermon text, okay? Sorry. Everybody has an understanding about uh, what... The, the brokenness, the, cho the broken choices that people make sometimes, and then the consequences that come after those things, the ways that we are so adept at hurting each other, and that those things cause ripples not only through our lives or maybe even directly in the, the life of the person who we have directly hurt, but all the people in their community sin and the darkness that uh, comes from it rip is rippled through the world. And the world really is under a dark blanket, the oppression of sin and all that unfolds because of it. And everybody knows that. But what John has to say is that that darkness is real. But so is the light. And in the midst of that darkness... Just as in the very beginning of time, uh, God spoke into being and said, let there be light, and there was light, and it fills the world. John says that in the world, in the time of Jesus, that even though it was covered with darkness, the true light was coming into the world. That's the way he wants us to understand who Jesus is. That Jesus is the real, true light of the world. And that light, he says, is life. It is truly life. Now, over the course of the study, we're going to see some other things he has to say about what it means to really be alive. And, of course, we have our own ways of understanding that metaphor. Of course, he means something more than just the beating of our hearts and the uh, pumping of air through our lungs. He means what it means to fully experience the gift of life. And all the things that come with that, whether we're talking about the love that we share between other people or whether we mean the productive work that we have in the world and kind of dignity that comes with that, or whether it means uh, simply just uh, living uh, by God's provision and the way that God provides for us the things that we need to sustain our lives. It means, what it, mean, it means to be not just a biological creature, but it means to be a creature who is connected with the life of God. And John has a lot to say about what it means to actually live out of the connection that we have between, uh, between ourselves and the Creator. That we're not just out on our own. We don't just live disconnected lives, but we actually live uh, as though God's life force is pushing through us into the world. Jesus is the source of all that. All of that life comes through Jesus. He is the originator of it all. That's why there's this creation talk at the beginning that uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that He's there in the presence of God. He's there along with God creating everything that is. So when we come to the story of Jesus, it's not as though this is a new God. It's not as though this is a new force in the world. But rather, it's the force that created life in the beginning, coming back to re-infuse the world with life. 
That's what Jesus is about. And that's why we need that light. He goes on. One thing that he says specifically about the light of Jesus in this prologue, in these opening verses, is that he says that this is the true light for everyone. And we might easily skip over that, but when John says that this is the light for everyone, the true light that shines to everyone, I think he really means it. And I think he backs it up by the other stories that he tells. And so in some places, this is the true light that comes to those seekers, those disciples of John the Baptist, who are already kind of looking for life, looking for what it means to be, meant to be shaped by God. And then sometimes it's the story of someone who has been crippled and is left alone in the world and seems like they have no other help uh, in their community, left to languish by themselves. And John tells a story about how light comes into their life. Sometimes the light for John is, uh, is something that Nicodemus, who is a teacher of Israel, he's kind of a religious figure, it's somebody he needs. And ironically, it talks about Nicodemus coming in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the night. But the story that follows is how Nicodemus slowly, over the course of the book, comes to understand the light. But it's not just for religious teachers, right? It's also for a blind man who other people see and perceive, and uh, even his curious, Jesus' own curious disciples say, hey, what's this guy's big sin that he has this huge punishment kind of over his life? Jesus says, that really doesn't have anything to do with that. But it's about the glory of God coming into his life. And so this person who literally had his eyes darkened comes to see the light. The light for John is for everybody. It's for those that see themselves as already part of the seeking movement of the religious life, and it's for those who see themselves as complete outsiders. It's for those who uh, already think of themselves as desiring God, and it's for those who may feel like God doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Jesus is the light of the world, and that light is not meant for just some select few. It's meant for everyone. Everyone. Jesus is a light coming into the world, and it's not just meant to shape our corner of this sanctuary right here in the middle of of Tullahoma. It's a light that's meant to be out in the world, in the community, in in the places where it seems like there's no hope, right? That's the light that comes into this story. That's the light of Jesus. Not a reserved light, but a light that, well, it shines, right? Have you ever tried to hog light? Have you ever tried to do that? You ever tried to, like, protect light so that's just, okay, I actually do this, all right? You may say that's silly, you don't do that. Really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to protect darkness. In other words, I'm trying to keep from waking my sleeping wife, okay? And so, but the problem is uh, that our room, it gets like really, really dark at night, and so if I'm in there and I'm trying to find like my toothbrush or something like that, I will try to do it without any light in there, okay? That's my first step. And I ended up bumbling around and kicking something. Um, You know, last night I kicked like 
three things. It was unbelievable. So I end up being loud, you know, so I end up waking her up with noise, right? But I'm trying to do it in the dark. And then I'll try to turn on a light. But I'll try to do it in a very shielded way so that the light doesn't get to her in the room. And you know how this goes, right? Like I've got my phone and I turn on the flashlight and I'm kind of like this. I'm like kind of trying to only put the light right on. (laughs) You understand? And you understand how impossible it is, don't you? Light is contagious. It is elusive, and it escapes from your grasp, and there is no protecting it. There is no boxing it in. Once light breaks into the world, it seeps into all those places where the darkness is. It spreads. This is the way of the light of Jesus. It may come to a person in a community first. You may be the only person who carries the light of Jesus in your little group of people at work. Or you may be the only person who carries the light of Jesus in your neighborhood. You may be the only person that carries the light of Jesus among your friends at school or in your family. But because of you, the light spreads. And they may not be willing to be a light bearer themselves. They may not be willing to take on the light themselves or become people that shine the light. But they can't help but perceive it. But see it. Because light, light cannot be contained. And once it breaks into one person's life in a community, it spreads out. Because that light is meant for Everybody. And I believe that the light of Jesus finds its way to everybody. It's also not just meant, it's also a light that's for everyone, but it's also a light that's meant for all parts of life, too. John's light isn't something that only shines in the temple, but it shines. Sure enough, in that temple, in surprising ways. And also in the synagogues, in surprising ways. But it also shines at a wedding feast. It also shines in the middle of a bitter funeral. It's a light that shines out on the sea where people are at work fishing. It's a light that shines in the middle of a hungry crowd. It's a light that shines as people just gather at a table together. And it's a light that shines along the way in a journey. It's a light that shines when it's really obvious. And it's a light that shines in a most surprising time here or there as well. Jesus' light is not meant to just be about one corner of our lives any more than it's just meant to be about one person or another special person. It's meant to be a light that shines into all the world, into every corner of life. Every part of who we are is meant to be exposed to the light of Jesus. Jesus talks about when he's in a, a, in a couple of different points in this story, how the, the thing that he's bringing to the people is like, uh, using a different metaphor, it's like a, a spring of water that, li- that is like present within a person's heart and just kind of keeps bringing out more of the nourishing thing that people 
people needs. And it's something that is, goes with us, right? It's like portable, then it goes with us everywhere, everywhere we are. Of course, he's speaking about the Spirit, and we'll kind of come to that, um, you know, at, at some point later. But for now, I just want to say that this thing that Jesus is meant to give us is not just about fulfilling some kind of religious part of our life with God. It's meant to be our life. It's meant to be our whole life. Or better way of saying that is it's meant to bring light into our whole lives, who we are. See, there are some parts of our lives end up being darker than others, right? And you may have places in your life where you feel like everything is just fine except for this. In fact, you may find it yourself, that you find that you're able to be the person that you want to be, except, when you're, except for when you see that one person, and for some reason, they tend to bring up the worst of who you are. Does anybody have somebody like that in their life? Who is it? No, don't say, no, just don't say names. Don't say names. Just, Beth. Okay. You know those places or those people in our lives that kind of stretch us so that we can understand the darkness that's within ourselves too. The light of Jesus is not content to just shine in this part of our life that we call our faith or our religious lives. It's meant to fill our whole lives with light. Last week, I spoke and talked about how the darkness that's in the world is real, and it's not just something that's outside in like the world or in the community or something like that, but it's also something that's present in the church. It's also present in our own hearts and in our own lives. And I told you, I told you that I myself find those places in my life where when I feel pushed— Maybe because I'm, I'm tired and I'm, I'm frustrated about something, I haven't eaten well or whatever. And I find myself kind of have this dark edge. Like I feel this building resentment towards somebody that's it's really not fair. And I can feel the darkness rising. And it was a little grim. <laughs> But I told you that last week because I wanted to tell you something different this week. Because last week was about the darkness. But this week it's about the light. And what I didn't say last week is something that I want to say that, I don't know, maybe it's kind of like a John the Baptist thing. John, in, the, in this opening verses and the stuff that Rob read earlier, it kind of tells, it's, there's this really random, say, it's like very poetic, and then it has something odd to say about John the Baptist. It says, uh, there was a man sent from God, and his name was John, and he wasn't the light, he wasn't the real light, but he came in order to bear testimony to the light. And so I kind of want to do a little John the Baptist thing here this week. And I want to be a witness to the light for you. Because the way it works for me, is that when I'm in that place of darkness, and maybe it's resentment towards somebody, or maybe it's a craving for something that I don't really need or shouldn't have, or maybe it's a bit of bitterness for somebody else, or maybe it's um, some frustration that I've got about uh, things happening 
in the world. When the darkness rises, there are many, many moments. And I'm learning to have more of them as I go along. Where I stop and in the midst of the darkness simply ask Jesus to be present and to give me help and to remind me of the way things really are. There's a little prayer I say. It's just, Jesus Christ, Son of God, help me, <laughs> right? It's kind of similar to some other stuff. God, I need your help. And then in the darkness, I'm reminded of that below the bitterness that I might have towards somebody else, that there's also a real feeling of love that I really want the best for even those people in this world that sometimes are dressed like enemies. Even in the frustration of things that feel like there's no, it makes me feel like there's no hope or I'm boxed in or I'm trapped behind something, um, in the middle of that moment, when I'm attentive to Jesus, I can see the light, either a hope of the way things will change and become different, or sometimes not even that. Sometimes it's just the realization that there with me in what seems like a hopeless situation, that Jesus is present there with me. Maybe not obviously showing me a solution. Sometimes I feel like he's just along for the ride. In the middle of the darkness of my life, of my heart, all I can really say, and sometimes I don't even know what the language is supposed to be, except for this. Jesus is the only light I know. And everything that he shows me about who I really am and about who the people that I share life with really are and about what's really happening in the world and about what's really important and what's really not, everything that I've ever heard from Jesus about those things is true. And it's, it's the way of life It's light. It's like being in a dark room sometimes. And then all of a sudden, they're being light to see the way. And I think that's what this whole story is meant to be for us. It's meant to be a connection with us so that in those moments of darkness, the thing that we can do, and I, I, the only thing that we can do, is turn our hearts again to Jesus. That simple method of being in life and finding those dark corners and not trying to just pretend like it's not that way, not just trying to, to uh, wish it away or, turn, or, or you know, wish that we had the illusion, but in the moments of darkness, the best thing I know is to keep turning my life back to Jesus. And when I do, When I do, I feel and know and see the light. Have you been in that place? Have you been in that place where even though it seemed like everything was wrong, you could realize and know and understand and own 
that Jesus was there with you? Hmm. I just want to give witness, like John did, that the stuff that was coming in Jesus wasn't just some religious turning. It wasn't just some new phase of some um, ritual or pathway. And the thing that John does here at the beginning of the book is he says all of these things that come in Jesus, he, he says, I want you to know what they mean. What they really mean is that all the things that are dark in the world are now being exposed to the light. And when darkness is exposed to light, it simply can't stand against it. And what I want to say to you, church, this morning is this. Just give you testimony. That in my life, that's true. In my life, Jesus is the true light. And what I believe from the Gospel of John is that that light is meant to be for us all. Let's pray together. Oh, you who spoke into the darkness and created light. Oh, you who looked into the darkness and sent Jesus to be light. And you, O oh light of the world, who still shines in the darkness, may your light increase in the world until the darkness is no more. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.